on air. Corporates are just a little bit wary and worried about the pushback or the demand, but the demand is certainly there, and we've seen it as issuance has kicked off very strong this year. This is On Air by ANZ Institutional. We bring you the latest market-leading analysis and thought leadership from more than 30 global markets, giving you the information you and your business needs to thrive. Welcome, everyone, to the first of our podcasts held in the lead-up to the annual ANZ Debt Conference, where we talk about uh, all the latest happenings on the market. With us today, we have Gwen Greenberg, ANZ's Head of Debt Capital Markets in Australia. Hello, Gwen. Good morning. We also have Gavin Chappell, the Head of Loan Syndications at ANZ. Morning, Gavin. Morning. Thanks both for joining us. I want to uh, get stuck in straight away. You spoke to us about this time last year, maybe a, a little bit later, uh, it's a different landscape on the market right now. Uh, maybe we could sort of reflect on what's happened in those 12 months and how that sort of played out. Gwen, if we could start with you. Sure. So if we look over 2022, it was certainly a very different year in contrast to 2021. Um, the Aussie market finished up about 40% year on year. It was just around that $170 billion mark. Um, what was different last year to 2021 was that that issuance was driven by financial issuance, which was about $90 billion, um, compared to 2021, which was just a, below that $30 billion mark. Um, and that was driven by the running off of the TFF and changes within the RBA policies in which banks had very cheap source of funding or reasonable source of funding in 2021, and they needed to replenish those um, levels in 2022. In terms of corporate issuance, um, that was a little bit lackluster um, and disappointing as corporates were just under, corporate issuance was just under $6 billion. As many corporates turned to the loan markets for that super cheap funding, and Gavin beat me on every tenor across <laughs> <laughs> across every sector and rating, whereas the previous year I beat him on just about every sector, tenor, and offering. So, you know. Payback. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, hopefully that, that changes. I'm, I'm optimistic for 2023. Look, on the loan side um, for, for last year, last year was a really good year in the loan market, as, as Gwen said. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a record year, was, but was close to a record year in the Aussie loan market. I mean, the loan market, as Gwen said, is um, I, I suppose really competes with the corporate market. It's not a fig market. I mean, there are a, a few fig transactions get done, but really not many. Um, but as I said, it was a very, very strong year. Um, it was a year that did see a bit of volatility though, right? So loan pricing last year, and I'm just as a generalisation because it did change a little bit by sector. Um, but as a generalisation, loan pricing over 2022 rose 40 to 50 basis points across the board. Now that's obviously in line with what was happening with funding costs for banks, etc., cetera, um, which was the key driver of that. But that, that's sort of, sort of the theme with what happened with respect to pricing. Um, also during the year, and particularly in Q4, we did see a little bit of liquidity leave the market, um, partly because last year was a really good year. A lot of banks kind of did their budget early in the year. So some of those smaller banks in Q4 started to kind of shut down and shut up shop a little bit. Um, liquidity was still there and we were able to get deals done in Q4, but it was probably not as strong a quarter as maybe some of the early quarters from an overall liquidity perspective. Um, one of the other themes we did see last year was particularly tapping some of those in offshore insto investors to do some long-dated lending in the um, infrastructure space. So that was a little bit unique last year where, where we were able to do kind of 10-year loans for infrastructure borrowers that would um, certainly outcompete Gwen with what she could do on the bond market side of things. So that was sort of one of those little unique things that did happen in the loan market last year and one of those really strong patches of liquidity where we were able to tap. 
Um, but other than that, it was a really good year for the loan market. Um, I'm probably not as optimistic this year as last year, given Gwen's going to be a lot more com- competitive. But, um, but yeah. You bring up a really good point, Gavin, and that's something we should hit on, especially as ANZ is dedicated to building out the USPP platform business. Um, and just coming back from the Miami conference, in which we were a big sponsor and hosted a lot of issuers and investors, uh, as you mentioned, that the loan markets were able to support in that longer infrastructure, that actually had a compound effect into Australian issuers going into offshore, predominantly the USPP market. There's been a notable lack of Australian issuers in that market, and that's been uh, very transparent since 2020. Um, typically, USPP accounts for a larger portion of issuers terming out longer dated funding that 10, 12, 15, and 20 year in which they were able to get very competitive funding even for 10 years plus in the loan market. So again, it was pretty quiet for Australian corporates going into the USPP market for the last you know two to three years. Hopefully that we are starting to see that dynamic change as volumes coming down in yours and pricing continued to tighten. Spreads have really come in a lot in the domestic market, both for domestic as well as those issuers looking into the USPP offshore market. Yeah, I mean, if we talk about pricing, because um, obviously Gwen said the bond market pricing's come in, where I think from a loan market perspective, where we are today, we haven't seen that yet. Um, I still think we're either close to the peak of this current cycle, um, but maybe even in some sectors, there might be sort of a little bit of a rise to come, certainly not in infrastructure, but in some other sectors, I think we might see um, a little bit more of a price rise. Um, So definitely from comparing loans to bonds, that gap is much, much closer this year or right at the moment than it has been for probably the past six or nine months. Um, So that will be, I suppose, um, an area that means that the two markets are going to be a little bit more competitive, which given most of that activity was going to the loan market last year, it might mean that we maybe don't see quite as much volume in the loan market this year because of that fact. Yeah, and I would say that the supply dynamic imbalance is certainly there's a lack of supply. That's more of the issue. There's a lot of liquidity in the domestic market. And as you mentioned, spreads are ratcheting in. Um, if, even if you look at where major bank, which is kind of a, a leading indicator, although not a great comp for corpse, but something that kind of guides the market where we're at, the last uh, major bank that issued in January, they issued uh, three and five years at 90 and 115. A major bank issued last Friday, and those spreads had compressed for the three year at 75 and the five year at 98. That's quite a bit of movement in two weeks' time. And uh, even though there's been a lack of corporate issuance, the corporate spreads are, quote, stale, but they have been ratcheting in. And I would say from Q4, lack of trading or small volumes that we've seen coming through, those spreads have come in about 30 to 40 basis points. Again, issuer dependent and issue dependent, um, but it's still it's setting a very good backdrop in terms of where we're at. I know secondary inventories have been running very thin levels. And the big question is when who will be the first to come into the Aussie market, especially as issuers come out of their ratings blackout period. One one thing that um, issuers are continue to grapple with is the outright yields because they've moved pretty significantly on the backdrop of the announcement of the US CPI numbers. We've seen spreads in the last two weeks throughout the curve move anywhere from, you know, 15 to 25 basis points, depending where you are. But again, it um, duration is less of an issue in terms of Aussie domestic market. 
But we do think that the sweet spot continues to be in that mid part of the curve. However, investors are now more willing to move out of the curve in an effort to try to find that supply. The big question is, who will be the first? Yeah, I mean, Gwen touched on where spreads were today, right? I mean, if you think about what happens in the loan market, the loan market is much, much slower to react than the bond market. Um, and it's really driven by, by bank funding costs for the majority. I mean, probably 80% plus of the, of the loan market is funded by banks as opposed to by um, institutional investors. Um, so really, bank funding costs play a key part of that. But bank funding costs are like one issue doesn't change the bank's funding cost, right? Because the bank's got a portfolio of funding and a portfolio of deposits, etc. So um, bank funding costs in terms of how they flow through the people's models and how banks react to changes in the market is quite slow um, compared to what happens in the bond market. And so um, as the bond market gets more competitive, the bank market will be potentially playing catch up um, during this year. So if I kind of look at where the market is today, um, as I said before, I think it's going to take a little while um, for, for bank pricing to stabilise before it starts to contract potentially later in the year. Um, but that'll, that'll, that'll be a function of what happens to bond markets and funding costs during, I suppose, calendar 23. But if I, ha if I do have a look at the market now, um, the loan market is probably seeing a lot more activity in M&A and event-driven financing type activity. We're not seeing a lot of um, vanilla corporates or corporates coming to the market to do sort of their regular refi activity. I mean, if I look historically about where the loan market sits, probably half of activity in the loan market is driven by refinancing activity um, and the other half is driven by kind of, I would describe it as event-driven activity, whether it be M&A, whether it be kind of corporate restructuring, whatever, those kind of act, that kind of activity represents the other half of the market. And that piece of the market is quite strong, um, but it's that kind of corporate refi activity at the moment. It's just a little bit slower, but that's obviously coming up off quite a strong year in um, 2023. So we, we've touched on what the market looks like and, and where it might be going. Um, can we talk more about what our clients are um, asking about, maybe what we're sort of speaking to them about at the moment? As I said, from my perspective, we are speaking to a lot of people about event-driven financing type activity. So that's sort of a little bit of a theme at the moment. Um, I think that's sort of coming off a reasonably quiet period over the past sort of year or two. So, so more and more people are thinking about those style of opportunities. Um, so there's, there's a bit of that going on from a loan market perspective. Um, Look, I think from a loan market perspective, as we've kind of talked about, I mean, people are probably a little bit more focused on the bond side of things, right? Because they have been building up their, um, I suppose, bank, I suppose the bank piece of their financing is, is gr has grown um, just because the bond market's been a little bit soft on the corporate side. So one of the things people are thinking about is that diversity of funding mix. And that's probably why last year we looked at some of those long-dated um, loans um, to, to tap some offshore institutional liquidity that I suppose is a little bit different to the bond, some of the bond market deals that have been done. They're not necessarily, they weren't necessarily banks providing that financing, so they're life companies, et cetera, from offshore and particularly out of Japan. Um, but that was a little bit unique and why, why we were sort of tapping some of that liquidity because people wanted diversity of funding because they didn't want to be too exposed to banks, but equally they wanted the long tenor and banks aren't natural long tenor lenders. And I see it from our side. A lot of the investors are just doing a recalibration yet again. We've been doing a lot a lot of support for their education process with the boards and internal readings. I think a lot of the issuers, uh, are the corporates are still recalibrating to levels to, um, as spreads are coming in from their peak, but the outrights have moved from the ultra lows and getting comfortable with 
coupons that are now in the 5 to 6%, whereas previously you would have it in the 2 to 3% for tenors that were 7 to 10. So th- that still um, requires a bit of work. Also, it's been a while since people have been out on the road, and issuers are very keen to see investors face-to-face. So they're grappling with deal versus non-deal roadshows. Again, it's always better to do a deal-related roadshow to get momentum. But I think um, corporates are just a little bit wary and worried about the pushback or the demand. But the demand is certainly there, and we've seen it as issuance has kicked off very strong this year. Year Year-to-date issuance is up about over 25% year-on-year. It is driven more than 50% by financials, but order books are significantly oversubscribed. There's a significant amount of demand there, and again, lack of supply in particular corporates. Um, But again, we're also seeing renewed interest on the private placement front, not just the Reg D, but the traditional private placements where investors have that cash and they're trying to do what they can to get higher allocation. So that was private placements kind of teetered out last year because of the increased volatility as investors have become more comfortable with the new norm and the changing in the benchmark rates and ample cash because Q4 was quite slow across all capital markets. And actually, um, they're now showing that willingness to go back and show unique um, ideas to issuers in a way to try to get uh, filled in terms of their demand. But again, it's just that education process that seems to be taking a while in terms of internal approvals and and really issuers wanting to get out there and meet face-to-face with investors. Yeah, I think Gwen's point about the face-to-face one's really important, right? Because, I mean, the borrowers haven't been meeting with their investors for basically the past three years, right? There's been very little of that going on. And so, um, I mean, pre-COVID, I mean, a lot of a lot of loan market deals would roadshow, right, um, to, to tap some offshore liquidity and et cetera. Um, but we are starting to see, we're, we're having a lot more discussions about that happening back, back again this year. So I think... Um, Taking investors out to see their, sorry, taking borrowers out to see their investors is going to be a bit of a key theme again this year that we're going to see a lot more of that we haven't seen for for the past few years because I think everybody's sick and tired of doing their online presentations, etc., and actually do want to meet their investors face to face because if you really do need that personal relationship for some of these big investors, so that that's that's a really important fact. And in in that context, it must be exciting with Hunter Valley a couple of weeks away and a good chance to to see these people face to face. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think the timing of Hunter Valley is probably perfect, really. Um, early in the year, people haven't been able to, people can now get out again and um, and haven't been able to get out for, for quite a period. And it's looking like we're going to have record numbers of people there, which say, is fantastic. <laughs> where we have rooms for everybody, yeah, it's a record <laughs> year. We're really excited to have Mike Tillmany out, the head of the US private placement team, and he'll be available to meet with issuers directly. I think there is a big welcome to have it at the Hunter Valley instead of in within Sydney. It gives people a chance to really focus on what we're presenting and to have that networking, which they've been missing for the last three years. That was On Air by ANZ Institutional. Be sure to like, follow or subscribe to hear more. This podcast is intended as thought leadership material. It is not published with the intention of providing any direct or indirect recommendations or to influence any person to make a decision in relation to any financial product or class of financial products. It is general in nature and does not take account of the circumstances of any individual or class of individuals. For further information, please refer to the full disclaimer at institutional.anz.com.